Hello, Saubona, how's it? Molo, Jumbo, and welcome to the Everyday Nation podcast. We hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ. Enjoy. Good to see you all. Good to see your smiles this morning. Father, we give you this time as we get into your word this morning. We just pray, Lord, that you would come. That you would come and that your word would go forth, Lord, despite me this morning and my shortfalls and my tiredness or whatever I am. But that your word would come out to us this morning, Father God. Lord, we consecrate this moment this morning. We acknowledge the power of your word. We acknowledge that you uphold the universe with your word, Lord God. That you even spoke this universe into existence, Lord God, by your word, Lord God. And so, Father, we we sanctify this moment, we consecrate this moment to you, Lord. This pulpit is your pulpit, Father God, and we are your people called by your name. And so, Lord, I'm asking that your word would go forth with signs and wonders following it, Lord, miracles and healings, Lord Jesus. I pray, Father God, that it would penetrate our darkness, that it would change us from the inside out, that it would make us more like Jesus this morning, Lord. Lord, may it do something wonderful in us. May it bring revelation and understanding, Lord. Lord, may it give us vision and hope for the future. May it sustain us. May it be like bread from heaven, Father God. May it build us and nourish us, Lord God. Give us what we need so that we can go out into this world, Lord God. This broken, messed up world, Lord, and be the light, be the salt, be who you've called us to be, Lord God. Sanctify this place. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So if you've just joined us, we have started a new series called Eternity Matters. Yeah, come on. And isn't this, I'm so excited about the series. I'm just like, I'm pumped for it. And last week was like the intro sermon for it where we just spoke about the, the, I don't know, we just said eternity matters last week. I think you could summarize it in that, that that it matters, that it's important. Um, We we live in, in a world where we have lost sight of eternity. We've lost sight of it. You know, it's, it's, it, we live in a world where it's irrational to talk about eternity. It's like it's a waste of time. It's like, like it's, it's not important. Like it doesn't really matter to talk about eternity. We live in a world where, where heaven is this pie in the sky, you know? Please, are you we're really going to talk about heaven? Hell is this like scare tactic that you know, Christians throw out there to make them, uh, people believe what they want to believe, you know. And, and, and so we live in a, in a time where all we live for is today. Today is what, what matters. Today is what counts. The moment is what matters. And we, we, so we've lost sight of eternity and all we have is this moment. And so we throw ourselves into today, into things that are here, things that we can see, feel, and touch we, we, we throw ourselves into our bodies, nourishing them, feeding them, amen, resting them, styling them, clothing them. You know, we throw ourselves into our houses and new stuff for our homes and that next shiny thing that we can put on the mantelpiece. Or we, we throw ourselves into our careers and work, work, work and, 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 and everything, you know, that climbing that ladder and all our hopes and all our dreams and all our desires and all our ambitions are here in this world. You know, that next promotion, that next thing that we can buy, that next whatever car we might get, that next thing, everything we're hoping for, desiring for, and, you know, ambitious for is all here in this world. And all of it 
is temporal and none of it comes with us when we go. And we know when we look at the Bible, we see people who did not live for today. They did not live for the moment. They, they saw this world as a temporary world, something that they needed to steward, but their hopes, their, their plans, their ambitions, their dreams were all wrapped up not in living a comfortable life here, but in eternity. They lived for eternity. They longed for eternity. They saw it as far wiser to live for something that lasts than something that is temporal and that we cannot hold on to. And it's that understanding that we're going after. You know, it's that mentality. It's that, that, that deep revelation that eternity matters that we're really going after in these next couple of weeks. That in the next couple of weeks, we would just soak in that, that it would become so rooted in us that we would find ourselves thinking like these men and women that we read about on the pages of Scripture. That what they had would be imparted into us. That we too would live for eternity and know that eternity matters more than just the moment. Jonathan Edwards said the following. He said, Labor to get a sense of the vanity of this world and labor to be much acquainted with heaven. <laughs> I like that. I like that quote. Labor to get a, a sense of the vanity of this world. You know, there's something about this world that tries to throw off its vanity. It tries us to, to not stop and think that, that it's passing away. You know, this, this world tries to conform us into thinking that all we have is right here and what's right here is most important. And don't think that, the, that tomorrow you might not be here. Or don't think that this thing is going to eventually get old and waste away. Don't just don't try and think like that. When Jonathan Edwards says, no, 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 think like that. Think like that. Let that frame your understanding because that's truth. It's truth. Don't try and deceive yourself. Don't try to run after shiny things. Don't rather labor to get a sense of the vanity. Know that it is, it is vanity. Know that it is passing away. And while you're doing that, make sure that you labor to be much acquainted with heaven. I want you to nudge the person next to you and say, you need to be acquainted with heaven. <laughs> you need to be acquainted with heaven. That's today's message. I want to talk about heaven today. I want us to leave here being much acquainted with heaven, or at least start the journey of being much acquainted with heaven. Heaven is nothing that we should be embarrassed about as Christians. We should think about it a lot. It should be on our minds. It should be in our songs. It should be in our prayers. It should be in our hopes, and it should be in our dreams. Did you know that in the Old Testament, heaven is mentioned 1,865 times? In the New Testament, it's mentioned... 316 times. When I was doing this message this week and looking at all the scriptures on heaven, I was, I was blessed, let me just say that. I feel so rich just having done an exercise like that. But I was at, I was at my wit's end on Thursday trying to choose which scriptures will I use for the sermon today. Because there's so many. And because they're all so beautiful and because they're all so full of amazing, you know, dynamics. And I was, I was like, at it. I, was, I was struggling to choose what I'd, what I'd be going for this morning. 
Now, when we read the Bible, what we see is that people, we see people who actually saw into heaven and told us about it. We have people in the Bible who even visited heaven. They heard God speak from heaven. They comforted each other with the thoughts of heaven. People in the Bible who even saw Jesus ascending into heaven. Can you imagine that for a moment? Ascension Day, we we celebrate the fact that Jesus ascended into heaven and the disciples stood there watching him ascend into heaven. How incredible must that have been? We've got people in the Bible who believe they were called, they believe they were and that they were called citizens of heaven. And they made it their life goal to live for this place called heaven. They even longed for it. Jesus spoke a lot about heaven. He, he spoke of it as a kingdom that's not from here. He spoke of it as a kingdom from above and that he came from above, from that kingdom. In Matthew 25, Jesus said this. He said, he spoke about heaven as a kingdom which has been has been prepared or has been in preparation for us since the foundation of the world. So since God formed the world, He's also been forming a place called heaven. And Jesus said this, He said, I go to prepare a place for you so that, and then I'll come and get you so that where I am, you may be also. Jesus' goal was not to leave us here, but to but to eventually come and take us to that place that he had been preparing for us. And when I read the scriptures, I think he's quite excited about it. Don't worry, I'm coming back, guys. And I'm preparing a place for you. Wait till you see it. It's going to be incredible. They're like, Jesus, don't leave us. He says, just, 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 don't freak out. I've got a place for you. And I'm going to prepare it for you. And I'm going to come back and I'm going to get you. And I'm going to take you there. It's going to be amazing. He called it a place where we will enter into His joy. A place where His joy pervades everything. He called it a banquet and a celebration. He said it's a place where there's a store of treasures. It's a final reckoning where we all get what we deserve. Rewards. So the question is, well, like when, when did we lose heaven? <laughs> when did you lose heaven? When did, it, like, when did it get taken off the table? When did this, this incredible place that Jesus spoke about, that the prophet spoke about, when, when did it get removed from our lives? And, and, and when did just, you know, I don't know, that next something here on earth replace what we're aiming for up there? I got a little idea of when it got removed. When, when I read the book of the Revelation in, in chapter 13, It talks about Satan in the book of the Revelation, the last book in the Bible. And I found a very interesting passage of Scripture. It says this. It says that Satan, or the beast, blasphemes against three things. This is so interesting. Number one, he blasphemes against God, or the name of God. That's what it says there. It says that. So number one, he blasphemes against God. Number two, he blasphemes against the abode of God, the place of God, heaven. And he blasphemes against those who are in heaven. So when I read that, I was amazed. I was like, you know what? I got, I got thinking. You remember Satan, according to the Bible, was actually in heaven. 
He was one of the anointed angels. He was, he was a guy who actually thought he could take over heaven. In fact, heaven was so amazing, he got one third of the angels to lead a rebellion against God to try and actually take over heaven and rule heaven himself. He wanted it so bad. And the Bible says that God exiled him and those one third, those one third of angels exiled them from heaven, kicked them out, banished them from heaven. And so here we have this really angry guy who didn't get what he wants. And so what does he do? He blasphemes not only against God, but he blasphemes against the abode of God, the place of God, and against the people of God who are in that place. He speaks, what does blaspheme mean? He speaks evil about it. He speaks evil about God. You know, ever since, you know, you arrive in this world, all you hear is these, oh, but God this and God that, and why God this and what that, you know, all these, you know, have you, I mean, look at the movies that we watch. Whose name gets blasphemed? It's not Buddha or Muhammad. It's the name of Jesus. What is that? That's the enemy blaspheming the name of God. How many of you have seen cartoons like this? Take a look at this one. So what do you guys do for fun? Oh, we sing and read the Bible. Wow, that sounds like you guys really cut loose heaven. How many of you have seen cartoons like this? You know, I've, I've, you, know you page through the comics, and I, I mean, I'm a comics guy. I enjoy comics. And, you know, there's this far side cartoon where there's this guy sitting on a cloud really bored, and he's like, oh, and a little speech bubble that says, oh, I wish I brought a magazine. And, you know, there's this, when I, I, when I looked at these cartoons, I never, and I never thought of them in light of that scripture before, that that is actually blasphemy. That that is actually blasphemy. That is the enemy trying to sell us a picture of heaven that is boring, that is dull, that is like on clouds, that we like floating around, that we've got these wings, that, that it's just, that it's actually just, what is that, man? Who wants to go there? You know, that, that sounds, you know, there's just going to be like, we're going we're gonna to like evaporate you know, we're going to be like these spooks floating around and there's going to be like elevator music 24-7. You know, and, and the devil tries to paint the picture, oh, the good music will be in hell, the party will be in hell. That, that you do, do you really want to be there? You know, and that, that is really, is his strategy in the world today is to try and get our eyes off this place. To try and get, our, to get our, our gaze off it, to try and think that it's boring, to try and stop aiming at it, and then turn our attention to something in this world that we can aim after, just something that's more real, more tangible to us. And Jesus said this, he said, if you aim for this life, you're going to miss that life. Rather aim for that life, you'll get that one, and, and you'll get this one too in the process. <laughs> so our gaze has shifted, and I, I never really thought of it like that. Colossians 3, 1 verse 4 says this. It says, If then you are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is. Where is Christ? He's in heaven. Sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on the things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Can somebody say, in glory? In glory, amen. When he appears, we'll be with him in glory. So this morning, I want us to, to correct our understanding of heaven. This morning. Can we do that? Can, can we like re, 
go back to the scriptures this morning? Can we just relook at what scripture says about this place called heaven and allow the scripture this morning just to wash over us and capture our imagination again and, and get us excited about this place that God has created for us? There's a scripture that this, this scripture out of all the ones that I could choose from is, is Revelation 21. Okay, last book in the Bible, chapter 21. Let's go there this morning. Let's anchor ourselves there. And let's look at what the Word says about this place called heaven. Are you there? It should come up. You've got a Bible, an iPhone, tablet, whatever. You're welcome just to, to boot it up. But don't check your Facebook messages or the reply to those WhatsApps. Try to focus on the moment. <laughs> So it says, we're going to read chapter 21, verse 1. It says the following. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Can you say, I saw a new heaven and a new earth? For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. Come on, somebody. And they shall be his people. God himself will be there with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Not even an angel doing that, but God himself. I don't know about you, that's, that's pretty impressive. There shall be no more death. No more cockroaches, sorry, no more sorrow. No more crying. There shall be no more pain. Hallelujah. For the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, write these words down for they're true and they're faithful. Okay, I want us, then he starts talking about the Holy Jerusalem. I want us to just jump ahead to verse 21. Jump ahead to verse 21. It says, now it's talking about this new Jerusalem. It says, the 12 gates were 12 pearls. I don't know what that looks like, but it sounds amazing. Each pearl gate was of one, each individual gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. Come on. That's serious bling right there. But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. Jesus is the light. The nations of those who are saved, of those who are saved, of those who are saved, shall walk in its light. And the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of nations into it. Sounds good, eh? Can someone say amen? amen? So this is. let's just anchor ourselves here and just pull out some things that, that are pretty impressive about this passage. 
The first thing I, I notice when I, when I read this passage is that heaven is actually not our final destination. Did you notice that? Heaven is the place where God is. It's the place where God is, is building this incredible city called the New Jerusalem. Um, but And if we die now, that's where we go. We go to that place. That's what the Bible teaches. All right? I don't, I don't believe in this teaching about soul sleeping and, you know, you just... You just hang around. I believe to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So, so when we die, we go to this place and we see how it's being built and see how it's being prepared. And that's where he is. And, and that's where we're going to go. But that's not the final picture of what he has planned. The city that he's talking about here sounds incredible. Gold streets, pearl gates. It talks about the walls being filled with precious stones. I found an interesting passage in Hebrews 11. It says this, It says that Abraham waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Guys, I don't know about you, but that's incredible. Abraham, well, I mean, we're talking Old Testament here. We're talking the father of our faith. Right in the beginning, he had a vision of the city from that day, and he waited for that city. Don't you find it interesting that God made him a promise Called the, saying, I'll give you this land, and that he actually never dwelled in it himself. It was all a picture of something else, an eternal land, <laughs> an eternal city that God had promised him. And he waited and looked for that rather than for this. His, Abraham's eyes were fixed on that place. When we go there, we're going to meet him, people. We're going to say, hey, <laughs> what's up, Father Abraham? I'm one of your many kids. <laughs> Those who went to children's church know what I'm talking about. His goal is not to keep heaven and this new Jerusalem there. His goal, once judgment is finished, once Jesus has come back, is that he's going to make a new heaven and a new earth, and that this city called the new Jerusalem that he's preparing is actually going to be relocated to the new earth. So we are actually going to a new earth. One where there is no separation between heaven and earth. We'll never have to pray, your kingdom come. Umbuso wako maufike. Your will be done. Intando yako mayanziwe. Emsabeni. Jengas sesulwini. We won't have to say that because heaven will be on earth. Heaven, there will be no gap between heaven and earth. Isn't that incredible? That there, I mean, this, don't you think it's amazing that sometimes we get these little gaps in Scripture and, and visions and prophetic words where we see a little bit. We see glimpses, but we're seeing it part in part. We're not seeing the full picture. But that we will actually live in a place where earth and heaven are one together. I mean, that, can, that you will see straight to the throne of God. You won't have to use your holy imagination during worship anymore. But that you will see directly into the presence of God every single day. Angels, we know we won't have to have those prophetic words. I sense there's an angel, you know. We will know. There he is, man. He's right there. <laughs> and he's pretty amazing. <laughs> no gap, no separation anymore. You know, right now it's a necessary separation. Because we're in sin and the Bible says that there is nothing that defiles that can enter into heaven. There's nothing of sin that can enter into that place. So, so there's a necessary separation right now. 
We have to go through a necessary difference. It's there, we're here, we have to know that there's a difference and that there's a way there and the way is through Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. There's only one way to Jesus, we believe and preach. And God has made a way and He wants everybody to be there. But there is that gap right now. Man, we won't have to have, we won't have, to have the gifts of the Spirit anymore. I sense God is saying... Words of wisdom, words of knowledge. No, we'll hear him. You'll say it. It'll be direct. Direct transmission. Better than like DSTV people. We're talking like, you know, forget satellites. It's, it's real. It's live. You know, it's what heaven is saying. We're, we're getting it. We're going through it right there. I don't know about you. That gets me excited. I, I, and, and I tell you why I'm excited, because I don't want to be a spook floating up in the clouds like some vapor. I love the, the, the idea of a new world, a new world without any sort of corruption, a new planet, man. You know, I love, this, this, I mean, this planet is amazing. There's still, you know, glimpses of glory within this planet. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's like a junkyard in compared to what's going to come, you know, but there's still the glory of God in it. You know, and I, and I love to adventure, and I love to discover, and I love to surf, and I love to climb things, and I love to be out there, and, 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 and we're going to get a new one with no mosquitoes, <laughs> flies, or cockroaches, or rats. Hey, none of that, in no thorns, thistles, you know? Yeah. Can, can, listen to what Sam Storm says this. He'll say, he says this, there'll be nothing that is abrasive, nothing that's irritating, agitating, hurtful, harmful, hateful, upsetting, kind, unkind, sad, bad, mad, harsh, weak, sick, broken, foolish. He said there'll be nothing that's deformed, degenerated, depraved, disgusting, polluted, pathetic, poor, or putrid. There'll be nothing that is dark, dismal, disdainful, or degrading. Nothing that's blameworthy, blemished, blasphemous, or blighted, or faulty, or faithless, or frail, or fading. He said there'll be nothing that's grotesque, or grievous, or hideous, or insidious, or illicit, or illegal, or lascivious, or lustful. Nothing that's marred. Nothing that's mutilated. Nothing that's misaligned, misinformed, nasty, naughty, offensive, odious, rancid, rude, soiled, spoiled, tawdy, tainted. Nothing that's tasteless, tempting, vile, vicious, wasteful, or wanted. Amen. Come on. Can we get excited about this place, people? Yo, you know what I found? Cause the, um, you know when I when I when I when I was looking at that word in in Revelation in in the Revelation, where it says I've created a new heaven and a new earth. You know what I found a gem in the Greek, such a gem. You want it? That word "new" in the Greek is the word "kainos." Okay. And it doesn't mean new as in like it wasn't there before. It means new as in it was renovated, rejuvenated, revived. You know, it's the same word that a different writer in the New Testament used. Paul, he used it in 2 Corinthians 5 when he said that if anybody is in Christ, he is a new kainos creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become 
new. Question, when you got saved, did you just disappear? Did we just suddenly go like, who are you, bro? Oh, Lana, really? What happened, bro? You know, we didn't even, no, we, we know. All right, but he's new. Where's the new that's taking place? Inside. There's a, there's a, there's a new hope. There's a new vision. There's a new speaking. There's a new thinking. There's a new imagination. There's a new relation building. There's a whole new person, but it's still Lange. And I really believe, you know, I, when you look at the Bible, there's so many re-words, R-E words. When it talks about God and His creation, mankind and creation. He talks about reconciling us. He talks about uh, resurrecting us. He talks about rejuvenating us. He talks about, um, what are the other rewords? He talks about um, redeeming us, recovering us, regenerating us. There's all these rewords. So I, my personal belief, okay, is that this world is just going to get a re. That, it, you know, it's, it seems like God's not interested in just getting rid of his old creation, but rather re-doing it. And so I don't know how it's all going to happen and what's going to happen or whether he just does actually wipe this world away and just create a new one. But I I think he'll take this and make it what it's meant to be. Because that's what he said when I saw a new heaven. I saw a kainos heaven and a kainos earth, a rejuvenated earth, a a, a new earth, a revived earth, a a world without death anymore. There was a a man called... um, Ian McCormack, who, who actually died, and he got stung by box fish, jellyfish, box jellyfish, highly poisonous, kills you, and, and he died, he went to hell, and then he also went to heaven, and I really believe his story. I mean, there's other people out there who've been to hell and been to heaven, and, you know, they've got their stories, but, you know, and some of them, I'm like, really? Um, but, but his story, and, and we've met him, he, he's come to our church before, a couple of years ago, and man, I can vouch for this guy. He's the real deal. But he actually got to see into that world. He said the following. It'll come up there. He said, I saw a brand new earth, green pastures, crystal clear stream, rolling green hills, mountains in the distance, blue skies above, fields intersped with trees and flowers. The same light that was on God was radiating throughout this entire perfect creation, uncorrupted by people, I knew I belonged here. I was home. That was from a man who's never read the Bible before. He came back and then he read the book of the Revelation. He said, it's there. That's exactly what I saw, man. It's real. I don't know about you, but that sounds, yeah. That sounds like, you know, I, you know like, like that's what we're made for, man. I don't want to be a spook floating around like a, in the air conditioning, you know, like. <laughs> and so we see in this passage what we looked at, this new Jerusalem, this incredible city getting relocated down onto this new earth that is free from all the decay that we currently see in this world. And everything has been made new and rejuvenated. And by the way, there's no indication in Scripture that this city is the only city. There is no, there's no indication of that. And, and I, I think it's just the special city, the capital city, you know, the main city. Um, but there's going to be lots of people, and, and there's a big planet. So I, I think there'll be other cities as well that will 
that we'll live in and explore and build. And I don't know. That's just my imagination going wild. But, you know, it's interesting. And Jesus, when he's talking about the good stewards, he says to the one steward who did well, he said, well done, good and faithful steward. You have been faithful with little. I will make you ruler over 10 cities. To the other guy, he said, I'll make you governor, ruler over five cities. You've been faithful with temporary things, little things. You've been faithful with the things in this world. And because of your stewardship over here and the character and the integrity and the, the, the willingness to allow my spirit to work in you and the, the faithfulness of, at which you've stewarded and brought my glory and my will and way into it, because you've done all of that, I'm promoting you to ruler over 10 cities. Ladies and gentlemen, you do not know what your faithfulness with something little right here is actually building for you on that side. You might find it challenging, you might find it hard, you might find it difficult, you might find it, you know, whatever. But let me tell you something, be faithful. Steward that thing. Oh, but it's so small. Steward that thing. Not even a cup given to a little one in my name goes unrewarded in my kingdom, says the king. Off kings. Your faithfulness. Ah, we're going to get there. We're talking about rewards. It's coming. It's coming. I won't, I won't get ahead of myself. What else can we notice about this, this, uh, this city and this new place? Well, there's no need for a sun or a moon there to shine in it because God is the light. So there's just no darkness. So there's no nighttime. So there's no sleeping. <laughs> My kids will be so stoked with that. You know, you get those guys to go to bed, man. Woo! You know, there, there'll be no sleeping. Well, actually, think about it. You'll never get tired. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking that obviously like the sun, you know, it provides energy and plants can photosynthesize and, and it's, it plays a role in warming us and all of that. It plays a role in our lives. So that, but then there's going to be no sun. So it's like God takes that place. And then I thought, well, isn't it incredible how the sun is actually like put there to help us know God? You know, the earth it revolves around the sun. The planets, you know, are revolving around the sun. The sun is what provides our warmth. The sun provides light to us. It's the sun that gives us energy. You know, if we're too far away from the sun, we get cold. But if we're the right distance, we stay energized. And He takes that place. He is our light. He is our warmth. He is our, you know, the one that we revolve around. The sun will not smite you by day nor the moon by night. Just the right temperature every single day. 21 degrees centigrade. <laughs> that was just a joke. <laughs> what I also like about this passage is it says that the kings of the earth will bring their glory and honor into it. I love that. I love that that's there. Why? Because we're those kings. We're the royalty here on earth. Did you not know that? You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. So the scriptures declare. So it, the kings of the earth, it says, will bring their glory and honor into it. 
which I love because it says this. It says that there's continuity between this and that. That it's not like we just, we just die and then forget everything, lose everything. It's all gone. Poof, and now we're like new and we're like spirits and something and there's like a cloud and we're floating and it's just, no, this, 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 is, this is continuity between here. We, we know this, what the world is like. We know what it's like to be in a body. We know all these things. And, and then there's going to be a newness. There's going to be a rejuvenating of all of it. And everything that I've labored for and all that I've worked for that has been in the name of God has been for His glory. And for I carry that glory and honor into what I'm doing here. People, that is good news. That's good news because we're living in a world where people are laboring so hard to build something here and then it does not get transposed into there. It doesn't come through that process. But for the kings, but for those who are called, those who are saved, whatever we do here, it has continuity. It's carried through. So your labor here is not in vain. And that brings significance to what you're doing now. That's why the Bible says whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do it without complaining. Oh, Jesus, this job, this boss, this, these studies, this lecturer, do it all without complaining. Why? Because if you do it with the right nature, with the right heart, with the right vision, knowing that that's to come, whatever you're doing here is promoting you for there. Whatever you're doing over here gets carried into there. If you get any sort of reward, any sort of growth on this side, it's transposed into that side. There's continuity. It's not just like, oh, goodness, you know, it's all gone. <laughs> Praise God. It says there that they will bring the glory and the honor of nations into it. That word nations is the word ethnos, which means tribes, cultures, and races. And what it means is this. Is, uh, this is what I believe it means. It means, it means that, that whatever is in our cultures that glorifies God gets carried in. Amen, cosas. The cosaness that we have that's redeemed and, 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 and glorifies God, that, that thing, we carry it there. When we look there, we see all nations standing before. How do we know they're all nations? Because we're bringing our cosas. We're bringing our, we're bringing our, 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 our glory, our, our staff. Culture is beautiful to God. He loves our differences. You know, God could really easily have made us all the same. Same color, same height, same whatever. He could quite easily have done that. He could have, I mean, if you look at even the ants, there's like millions of different species of ants. Like that's one we didn't really even bother at. Lord, you could have made them all the same. We don't care. You know, they're just ants. <laughs> like really, small thing that runs around, you know, that jumps into my honey, you know. Hedonistic pleasure. <laughs> these, these, you could have made them all the same. We don't really notice. But he didn't. He made millions of different species of them, man. He loves our diversity. He loves God. You know, there, there, are, there are remnants of glory here around us that get carried there into that place, people. I believe you're going to get to heaven and see, ah, they're the Kassas. They're the Scottish. They're, you know, they're the Irish over there. We, we'll be able to see there's something about, do you get it? I hope you get it. And what's, and what's a new environment without a new body? 
Somebody say hallelujah. Hey. <laughs> Take a look at this. I, I missed out a scripture. Romans 8, verse 18. I missed out the scripture. Check it out. It says, For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly awaits the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation, that's the world we live in, was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. The earth came under a curse, in other words. Verse 21, can we read it together? It says, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know, keep going, that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Pause there. Creation was subjected to a curse because of sin that entered into this world. But this scripture tells us that creation will be delivered from that bondage. And creation is groaning. I like that. You know, it's like there's this groan, there's this longing for it to be free from decay and destruction and, and all death and all of that. That, you know, there's, there's this longing in creation. And you and I understand that because our bodies are part of creation. We were made from the dirt. And there is this longing inside of us to be clothed with a new body. Amen? Guys, that's why he carries on and he says, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. You know, as Christians, we believe this, is that when you believe in Christ, God sends his Spirit into your heart. How many of you know what I'm talking about? That there's this deposit, this, this like this, this, this something from heaven comes and lives in us. Who knows what I'm talking about? Can you say amen? amen? There's something of heaven that comes and actually lives in us. We're still in the earth suit, but we've got something from heaven living in us. And who knows what I'm talking about? This thing longs to be clothed with get this, this kind of old flesh off and the new one on, the new suit. Kind of like, I don't know, Clark Kent, you know, going into that, that booth. Thank you. And, and then coming out, Superman. I mean, that's actually nothing compared to what we're going to go through. That's actually nothing. That, that, that's, we, that's, but that's the transformation that's coming to our bodies. So not only is God creating this new environment, but He's created new bodies for us to actually function in this new environment. These bodies won't handle that place. These bodies won't be able to, to survive in that place. But I don't know about you, but this gets me actually almost more excited. I don't know what to be more excited about. The new earth and the new heaven and all of that, and that place where, you know, you, just every, nothing dies, or the fact that I get a new suit with, you know, the six-pack and that's bigger than the one that is, you know. <laughs> Just, can you imagine never getting tired? Itchy. Uncomfortable. You won't have to ever brush your teeth. My kids are like, let's go. <laughs> No, no such thing as bacteria, people. No, you won't even, you won't even need to put roll-on in the mornings. You won't. I mean, 
You won't even have to take a shower, people. There you won't. You would just be 24-7 glowing with the glory of God in your new suit. You'll never hurt yourself again. You'll never step on something and go, ow. You'll never wake up in the morning with a, oh, and have to, oh. You'll, you'll never experience pain again in this body. Never, ever have any pain. Never have a headache. Ever. You'll never be like, you know, I'm just like, too much. You know, you think about your body right now, okay? Your, these bodies are, there, there's rejuvenation taking place in our body, but the rate at which our bodies are dying is actually greater than the way that they are being rejuvenated. So our eyes never get better. They always deteriorate. Our hearing always deteriorates. You know, our legs can't run as fast as what they used to. There is this pr- slow process of dying. And Paul said this, he said, you know, it's, it's actually dishonor. It says it's, he says this body is sown corruptible, but it's raised incorruptible. In other words, it cannot be corrupted. In other words, your eye never gets tired or your ear never gets, loses its hearing or it never gets corrupted in any sort of way. Never get like a bacteria or a fungus or a tummy bug or a whatever. It just is incorruptible. It's, it's sown corruptible, but it's raised incorruptible. That's exciting. He said, it's sown in dishonor, but it's raised in glory, splendor, majesty, everything that it's meant to be. You know, we watch the Olympics and we see these guys running and throwing and jumping and whatever else. And, and there's like this glory of the, the human body. I mean, isn't the human body incredible? Think about what people can do on skateboards and surfboards and, you know, like gymnastics. Hello. You know, any gymnast here, respect, you know? It's like, like the, it's incredible. But the, the, so there's glimpses of glory, but it's still like that gymnast body is not going to last. In heaven, it's going to be the fullness of that whatever we see continuously and without defect. I know I'm going to do flick flex when I get there. I know I'm going to be do like two reverse somersaults. I know I'm going to be able to pull airs. I know. That thing, that, I can't wait to put that suit on. How many of you know like when you got that new car or whatever and you was like, okay, let's take this baby out. Let's see what this thing can do, you know. I can't wait to put on this new suit and see what that baby can do, man. Can you imagine being free from temptation? Never, ever be tempted again. Never have that evil thought. Yes! Never. Never get that, that knowing that you know, oh, go away. It will just be, you'll just be free of that thing. How many of you know that you're, you, you fight with this body right now? You have to discipline this body. You have to say, get up, eat this, eat healthy food, exercise. You know, you're always fighting with this thing. Go evangelize. And your body says, you know, worship the Lord. This thing is like a, you know, it's like it's warring against us, you know. But can you imagine living in a suit where there's no struggle anymore? When you say, praise the Lord, it's just your body agrees with you. Your body says, yes, praise the Lord. Come on. Woo. I don't know. This gets me excited, man. A new body like that. Woo. 
So it's no wonder that the Apostle Paul said that he does not fear death. He said, death, where is your sting? Where is it? I don't fear you anymore. Let me die for the sake of this gospel. Why? Because to be there is much better than being here. He, would, he actually looked forward to it. Death for us as Christians is graduation time. It's, it's past day. It's freedom day. It's liberty day. It's the day we put this thing off, that thing down, and we take on the new that God has for us. So at Christian funerals, we cry and we're sad that people have gone, but we celebrate because they're in a much, much better place than we are even right now. And we're praying for people, oh, Lord, I hope they're okay. They're in heaven saying, Lord, I'll make sure they're okay. It's actually the other way around, you know? They're really okay. More okay than you can imagine. But you know what? New body, new environment, all of this. It's still not the icing on this cake. <laughs> There's more? Yes. There is more. I don't know if you saw it there in that passage that we read, but it said there'll be no temple there. Whew. So for Hebrews, this was huge because the world, their nation revolves around the temple. They were a theocracy. They were a nation that was built around their religion. Okay? They had a temple, and the temple was the center of where they all came. It was in the capital city, and it was a place where they came to worship. It was a place where they came to meet with God. It was a place where God literally resided with mankind. The temple was the connection point between heaven and earth. They believed that God literally dwelt in the Holy of Holies behind the curtain. That's what, that's what, they, that's what we believe. That's what we know. That's what was true to them. And now... This guy, John, who's grown up with this mentality his whole life, knowing the sacredness of the temple, looks at this new Jerusalem, and he's like, where's the temple? It's not there. It's gone. Why? Because God himself is the temple, and he will dwell with man, and he will be with man. And it says there, I heard a voice from saying, behold, the tabernacle of God, the resting place of God, is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be their God. People, this is the real deal of heaven. If he ain't there, I don't want to go. I think that's probably a big test for Christians. Can you take the promised land without the promised giver? There's got to be something inside of us that says heaven is where you are. Heaven is where it's not the place, it's you. The Westminster Catechism says the following. It says that the chief purpose of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Can you say forever? Forever. forever. Glorify God and enjoy Him. He came to Abraham and he said, Abraham, I am your shield. I am your exceedingly great reward. I am your reward. You know, when God gives of Himself, we don't need anything else, people. That's all we actually need is Him. And so we will dwell with God and we will gaze into God and we will hear God. We will converse with God. We will be the sons of God. We will call Him Abba, Father. 
we will be able to experience Him and know Him and plunge into His glory and plunge into His love and learn from Him. And I don't know, I think we'll just stare at Him. You know, John said about Jesus at the end of his Gospels, you know what he said? He said, I, he basically gets to the end of the Gospel and he's like, you know what? If I had to keep writing, there won't be enough books in all the world that could contain the wonderful things that Jesus said and did. So I'm going to stop right here. And he stops there. So this is John talking about God in the flesh, saying that there is no, if he had to keep writing, there's no limit to how many books could be written about Jesus here on earth. People, can you imagine the resurrected Christ? You will get some glimpse of him there and want to write a book every single day of your life on just what you saw in that moment. Be comforted by heaven because it's the place where God's going to put everything that's wrong right. Heaven should be the place that we're aiming at, that we're longing for, that we're looking towards. Heaven should be directing our lives, motivating us. We shouldn't be embarrassed about it. We shouldn't think it's pie in the sky. It's for real people. And it should give us great confidence here to go all out for Jesus in our lives. And I want to challenge you this morning, and I want to say, what are you living for? Are you living for something that's temporal and passing away? Or are you living for that place and what's in that place? Are you your greatest hope on something here? Or is there something inside of you that, that looks up towards that place? Jesus taught us to pray heaven on earth. And when we look at Scripture, what we find is that we've actually been given a role to bring it to earth. That we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That we are ambassadors of that place. And our role between now and when Jesus comes back is to make sure this place looks a little bit like that place. And that means we pray it, we, we, we work for it, we, we, we do deeds, we give our lives, we sow ourselves sacrificially so that this place looks like that place. Why? Because we are from that place. we ambassadors of that place. That place is where we belong. It's our home country. And if we live out our lives, then our job our place of work, our place of study, our place of living should start to look a little bit like where we come from. You know how when a new family moves into a house, they redecorate? We should be redecorating. Living from heaven to earth. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. I'm done. Mm. Why don't you turn to somebody this morning and say, it's going to be so good. It's going to be so good, man. It's going to be so good. <clears throat> let's, let's take a moment just to pray. And we're, wherever you are, I don't know what, what the response is that you need to, but why don't you just maybe thank God this morning. Maybe, maybe you just want to realign your heart with heaven this morning. Maybe you even need to repent and say, Lord, you know what? I've been living for something that's so temporal and so passing, and I need to change. I need to get a better picture of this place. Start living for this place. It's where you are. Just 
let's just have a moment just to realign with home country. You know, get true north again. Make sure we're aiming at the right place this morning. If you're not right with the Lord this morning, I want to encourage you to get right with the Lord. If you're backslidden or if you've messed up and you would say today that you're, you're distant from the Lord and, and maybe you're not even sure if heaven is your home anymore, I want to pray for you this morning. I want to give you an opportunity to, to come right back to the Lord, to, to give Him your heart again. It is so good. Jesus, the, the, the Bible says this, that God is not willing that any would perish, but that everyone would be saved. That's how good it is. He can't wait for you to be there. He want, he's made a way for you. He's paid the ultimate price for you. He's done everything in His strength so that you, I mean, even here, you're here this morning, you know. This is the Lord working in your life. He's done everything in His power so you can get there and be there that, in that day. And if you would be honest with yourself this morning and know that you're not there and, and that you're far from the Lord, then today is an opportunity for you to make right, to give your life to the Lord, to repent of your sins and enter into the joy that He set before you. So let's have a moment for realigning. Let's have a moment this morning for sons and daughters to come back to who they're meant to be. If you're here this morning and you're not certain that heaven is your home and you want me to pray for you, I want you to raise your hand this morning and say, Pastor, that's me. Thank you. Anybody else who want to join these guys? Thank you. Well done. Hands going up all over. Come on, champ. Well done. Men are raising their hands. Well done, hero. Well done. Anybody else? You know you're living for temporal stuff. Well done, young man. Well done. And you want to start living for eternal stuff. You know, you don't know when that day is coming, when you're going to face the Lord and give an account for your life. I don't want you to be bankrupt on that day. We exist as a church to prepare people for eternity. Make sure you pray, prepared, you're ready for that day. That you're going to get the highest. That, that, you know, every nation, Durban, you know, those people, man, they get into heaven with the most stuff. <laughs> That's our job. <laughs> Anybody else? You need to make right with the Lord? Put your hand up. Slip your hand up if you haven't done so already. Well done. Well done. Anybody else? It's important that you do raise your hand, that you put it up so I can see it. Well done. Well done. Well done. Good man. Good man. Takes courage. Anybody else? Must be about 15 hands I've counted so far this morning. Anybody else? Well done. Well done. Simple as that, just a decision. You just say, yes, Lord, <laughs> I don't want that. 
You know, you go, you go to kids and you say, what do you want, blessings or curses? And they go, blessings. Would you, what would you like, life or death? They say, life. You go to adults and say, what would you like? They say, I'll think about it. There's nothing to think about. You want life? Say, Lord, that's me, I want it. You guys who've raised your hands, I want you to do something this morning. I want you to pray after me. I'm going to lead you in a prayer and everybody else, you can help them. I'm going to lead you in a prayer where you give your heart to the Lord. The Bible says this, if you believe in your heart that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that God raised him from the dead so that you could go into this place and you confess it with your mouth, the Bible says that you will be saved. Something's going to happen right here this morning to you. You will be transformed. You will be made new. Kainos. Kainos new. Kainos. There's going to be a... God just says, you know what? Here's... Take a little bit of heaven right now. He puts it in your heart. Like a little guarantee of what's to come. That's what the Holy Spirit is. It's just a guarantee that, that what's to come is real. You're going to receive that this morning. And you'll transfer from death to life, from the corruptible to the incorruptible, from the dishonor to the glory, from the natural to the supernatural. You can pray after me. Just say this. Heavenly Father, come to you today. And I say thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for making a way. I believe it. And today, I repent of my sin, of living a below standard life. And I choose your standard. And I choose Jesus. And I choose heaven. Come make me alive. Fill me with your spirit. Wash away my sins. Make me new again. Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Father, we just thank you for these guys who raised their hands this morning. You guys, you raise your hands. Just lift them up again. I want to pray a blessing over you. Father, Lord, let the, the blessing of heaven come upon them this morning. Lord, let your spirit come upon them. Lord, come and sanctify them. Wash away their sin, Lord God. Heal, restore, deliver. Give them new hope, new dreams, new ambitions, new life, new everything. Father God, let all the newness of heaven come upon them this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. tuning in. For more messages like these and other resources, you can visit our website at enderban.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sermons. Be blessed.